Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday. It's October 26th, and you're listening to episode 73 of the Chasing Points podcast. We're back, and we're your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. What's going on? Sam Favada here with my buddy. Pissed guy. off Yankee fan. Pissed off Yankee fan, number one million, Brandon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brandon Hazelwood, yep. using the legal. Yep. What's up, my friend? It's been a couple weeks. We uh, we uh, had some uh, some scheduling conflicts, but we're back. We're angry, and we're going to talk some sports today. Sam, I love you. I love you. You're my brother. We started this podcast together. I don't even want to do small talk today. I just want to get right to the shits because yeah, I got a lot to say. A lot. Week, week a seven lot. of the NFL seasons in the books. The NBA tipped off. Uh, but you know, we're, we're Yankee fans. We don't hide it. We definitely don't, uh, we definitely don't, uh, you know, make things bigger than they are, but the Yankees are out of playoffs and the Astros will meet the Phillies. Uh, I think Thursday, right? I don't even know when the World so, yeah. Series is. I don't mm-hmm. even care at this point, but we need to do the post postmortem on this Yankee season because it is dead and gone. And, uh, Hayes is just disgruntled. I was wearing a Yankee hat before. He told me to take that crap off. Absolutely. He's angry. I'm angry. Hayes, we haven't heard from you in a while. We haven't heard from me in a while. I'm giving you the floor, brother. Let's go. So what happened? For the playoffs, uh, what happened in the the Dodgers-Padres series, didn't even know that the Dodgers got bounced, the best team in baseball, record-wise, got bounced. I was in Montreal when that happened. And then, uh, then seeing the Yankees get that matchup with the Astros, super looking forward to it. This was the opportunity that all the remaining Yankees that were on the team that lost to those those Astros had an opportunity to finally, finally, finally silence that. Now, I didn't want them going in there and be like, this is redemption, right? But they finally had an opportunity to be like, you know what? It's a few years removed from that situation. Now we have the opportunity to show who's better, right? Yankees started off the season extremely hot, had that extreme cold patch and then kind of were just up and down after that point but being that they got so far ahead that was fine but the team that crept into the number one spot for the al was the astros and the astros unfortunately as much as it pains me to say over and over again prove why they are the better team and why they have the yankees numbers and it just blows my mind jose altuve literally was on an offer throughout the playoffs until he gets to the Yankees and then he wakes his ass up because he's like, oh, Yankees, this is food. I'm going to eat here and this is what I do. I'm going to tear the Yankees' ass up. And sure enough, they did. Yankees had no run support, period. The team that scores and was putting up numbers at the beginning of the season, that went away. And and, and to say that you kind of you couldn't see that coming, Sam, like it to me, it's impossible if you're really paying attention to see that the Yankees weren't putting numbers up. It's literally home run or die for that team. And they died because they died on that hill. Because again, the team that has great players that can play baseball are out here trying to hit the long ball. What happened to actually trying to play baseball, putting the ball in play to force the other team to make errors? Oh no, that's right. We have IKF doing that. And we got Glaber Torres doing that in the infield, screwing that up. We have, wasn't it a pop fly in the outfield that messed up too? With, was Bader, right? Bader and right? Judge. And yeah. Judge. 
So all of a sudden, fielding went out the window, right? It, it just, it, all the things that have reared his head in the past few years did it again. And me being a Yankee fan and being truthful to all of this, I don't want to hear any Yankees fan talking about the Yankees going forward uh, and and the Astros cheating because you had an opportunity to beat the Astros and you still can't beat them. You can't beat them during the regular season and you can't beat them during the postseason. Yeah. So guess what? Cheating or not cheating, the Yankees can't beat them. That is There's, your kryptonite at this point you're, in time. You're absolutely right. There's a lot to unpack with this series and – you touched on some things and there's a million things going on in my head. I don't know where to start, but I guess I will start with 2017 was a long time ago. Aaron Judge was. was essentially a rookie. Mm -hmm. He won rookie of the year. He hit all those home runs. That's how long ago this was. I don't like it. It does. There should be, you know, at baseball fans don't like what happened. Yeah. Baseball fans don't like the punishment or lack thereof punishment that happened, but it happened. 2019, you could say with the buzzers, you could do all of that. What was Altuve doing? He didn't want to take his shirt off. Whatever. Mm -hmm. It's I'm I'm beyond the cheating. Is something fishy going on? I don't even care anymore because yep. that that ship has sailed so long ago. They sure were did. beaten by a better team. You you mentioned Altuve didn't get his first hit in this these playoffs until like game three of this series. Mm -hmm. So you have like one of the best players in baseball just going on an offer, as you mentioned. There's no Correa who just killed eight the Yankees in the playoffs for yep. years. No Springer in this team. Garrett Cole is is on our side. Um, you know, you got Verlander shutting a, down the Yankees. Let's put a let's put a marker for Garrett Cole because I need to go back to his ass. Yeah, yeah, so that's continue, fine. continue. Yeah, I'm just saying these Astros that have been a thorn in the Yankees side for you know, since they've been rebuilt and, and now they are making the World Series for the, uh, was it the fourth time in six years? And yeah. they've made the ALCS six years in a row or something like that. Like, that ship sailed, man. We are so far, we're so far past all of this. It, you know, uh, props to, before we sh shred this team, props to Harrison Bader. Yep. Came in, barely had a... a rest of the season because he he was hurt came in showed that he belonged showed that brian cashman was right there like that was it turned out to be a good trade montgomery um i don't know if he would have helped us in the in these playoffs pitching yeah. starting pitching wasn't necessarily the problem i mean there were some some hiccups the severino home run or the bregman home run off severino and and Cole, you know, not leaving it was more bullpen decisions, right? Like not leaving Cole in. Nestor got hurt, um, you know, and and just really bad bullpen moves, um, really bad errors. The fact that you essentially bench IKF to the point that in the Indian of the Guardian series, that when Marwin or uh, uh, Cabrera and um, what's his name, oh Aaron Hicks collide in left field. You don't even put IKF in and you you move Cabrera. You essentially put Marwin Gonzalez out there. That's how low on the totem pole IKF was. We got this guy so he could hit <laughs> under 300 and play some solid shortstop. Mm -hmm. He won a gold glove at third base. Stopgap shortstop. And game two, you have our future shortstop or our future second baseman or future third baseman, whatever you want to do with Oswald Peraza. And then Volpe will be in the picture at some point. At some point, those two guys are going to be in our infield, hopefully for the next decade. And 
you put Peraz in, and then you're you're not even committed to playing him the rest of the time. A bet, you know, and, and the time that he was playing in game two made a great stop. Can show that his bats got life. I, you know, anyone can hit two sixty and make a bunch of errors. This IKF experiment went on way too far. Willing to throw out Aaron Hicks throughout these playoffs was was you know I get it. Benintendi's hurt, and that was Benintendi's spot. But like making the same like these same mistakes, and it was just kind of like interesting that you know the season goes down with you know Josh Donaldson doing nothing with IKF yeah. hurting us doing nothing. And, you know, even the last out of the series made by Aaron Judge, the guy who almost won a triple crown, won the AL home run title and will probably be the and should be the MVP. So it's just like, oh, man, these like just I, I have been an Aaron Boone fan. I've been a Brian Cashman fan. I have we've you've gone after the two of them for a long time on and off this microphone. We've been friends a long time. You've been going after them for a long time. I've always had their back. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I don't know what to think anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say I would put money on neither of them are going anywhere. They they both signed, or I know Boone signed an extension last offseason. We're not going to eat the money. We're not going to get rid of, we shouldn't get rid of Matt Blake. Pitching really wasn't, the bullpen was a problem. I'm, my thoughts are just scattered here, but I don't I don't know what, you know, Yankee fans want a pound of flesh right now, and I don't know where they're going to get it because I don't think Hal's going to do anything. Uh, I'll start right there because I still want to go back to to some of these players. To your point, yes, I've talked about it with Boone. Boone is came in after Girardi, um, and he was a player coach. The whole thing was they, you know, they need to switch up and get a guy that's for the for the players and whatnot. And it's kind of hard for me to defend the Joe Girardi thing now, especially after where the Phillies are and after he left. Look where the Phillies have gone. So maybe Joe is Joe, but I also think there needs to be a coach that's right in between um, because this all has happened on Aaron Boone's watch. Okay, and. And I, I've said this, I'll continue to say this, uh, because this is the midst of the best time of sports period where you have all going, um, all the major sports going. So I'll say this, that anytime a, a team doesn't live up to the expectations, somehow, some way, it's always going to go back to the coach, right? It's, it is. But the coach is not out there playing, right? Uh, so the coach gets all the praise when they're doing great. And then when they're not, it's all the coach's fault, right? So I, I'm I'm going to start with saying, obviously, it's not all Aaron Boone's fault because, like I said, I'm going to get to Garrett Cole because he is one of the biggest catalysts, in my opinion, as to why – yeah, I'll just get there. Uh, <laughs> with with Boone, though, it's just like I, the choices and substitutions that he's made, the, the roster choices. And, yes, throughout his tenure, the Yankees have not been fully healthy. Right. And this is the one season that they kind of were like, 
I'd say like maybe like eighty percent healthy and had the the pieces right. We 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 lost yeah. Stanton earlier. He came back just in time. It was it was hitting until Stanton got right? hurt and then yeah. King got hurt and yep. Green got hurt. We like that's why part of the reason the first hundred games or so we were rolling. Correct, correct. So you you lose a lot of key pieces, right? And once you lose a lot of key pieces, it hurts. It, it hurts more during the the playoffs than it does the regular season, right? So that's always been a, a major thing. Like they've they've apparently revamped that department, um, and I still need to. I, they still need to do something else because something's not working because these guys are injured way too much, or it's just the players that you have there that consistently get injured. Um, because Gene Carlo is always injured every year. There's always something wrong with him. Let's be honest. Not saying that he's not productive. I know he is productive when he's out there, but. It's either for him, it's either home run or not. That's literally, to me, been his career, home run or not. Yes. So I, I'm watching that. You you don't have, you go out and get Ben Attendee because you wanted him for your playoff push. Ben Attendee didn't play one playoff game because he was injured. You you get the gold glover that is uh, DJ LeMahieu. Doesn't play a playoff game. Um, obviously, you mentioned some players in the bullpen. Um, but at Montos, what point Ricky uh, Montas comes yeah. out out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. gives up gives up some big shots yeah. in game yeah. one, I believe. I, I just think some of the choices that Boone makes are really really sketchy. I've I've watched it sometimes throughout the regular season and taking guys out, and not letting some of his guys, you know, go out and get it right. Some guys I watched Sevy pitch well in games and him take them out because they're on a pitch count. Like sometimes you got to let your guys just go and get it. That builds morale, right? That builds that, that moxie for the team. Like, okay, my, my coach believes in me, right? He allows, like, I understand he knows and everything they're doing is the analytics. Let's do the analytics. Analytics has ruined baseball. Analytics has ruined baseball to me because everybody's going by this and they're paying millions of dollars. And then look what happened. The teams that are still in are playing fucking baseball. It's annoying to me to watch it. They're playing baseball, Sam. I, I don't mind analytics having a part in baseball. It's always had some sort of part in baseball. Yes. I mean, the Yankees have like a billion dollar analytical that, department. That's my point. And other teams are very savvy or into that. But mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that analytics should be saying, hey, Aaron Boone, make this is, should be the lineup tonight. Yeah, that, that's, and that's what's essentially happening. So that's I, I what agree I'm with about. you. Yep. At the end of the. At the end of the day, you need to have you need to have just your gut. You have to manage with your gut. And I think that's kind of what has differentiated some of these uh front offices from others or, yes. or managers yes. from others. So I I agree with you there. Yeah. I don't think it's completely ruined baseball, no, it's, but it, it's not a uh it's a part of it. Yeah. I mean, which is why, you know, they keep changing certain things. The 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 shift will be no longer next season, right? Sometimes I'm happy about I'm it. happy for it too, right? So the you bases are that. gonna get bigger. Correct. I, I could care less, but they, there'll be more stolen bases. They changed the baseball, they did this, they did all that stuff, right? I'm not here to go through that. We'll do that in the beginning of yeah, next season. We'll do that and I'll talk about season, that. Whatever. Brian Cashman. I have a love hate relationship with him, but I don't really take it out on him because he's gone out and got pieces for the team over the time that I've grown up and watching Yankees. So I don't really have a, a gripe with him. Yes, you're not going to always agree with what it, but he's honestly been one of the best GMs in sports, period, for his tenure. Um, I do think, I do think Hal, though, 
is not his father, clearly. Um, and this this needs to change. Things need to change. Like the whole, which Sam and I kind of briefly talked about, they used the Red Sox beating the Yankees down 03, right? 2004. 2004. No, I'm talking about that. It was when the 03. They were down in 03 to the Yankees and they came back and won. So you used one of the lowest point, if not the lowest point in Yankee history to try to motivate your team. Yeah. You create a video to do that. You reach out and call David Ortiz, apparently, uh, and and have him speak about certain things and what they did at that point in time. This is this is what you're doing. You you have to reach to the outside to try to motivate your team within. There's a problem with that. And if it was Hal's daddy, <laughs> guess what? Some heads would be rolling right now. There would be some I, people getting the hell up out of there right now, I, Sam. Yep. I think certainly Hal's not his father, and that's at times can be a good thing. Certainly, I agree. Certainly George Steinbrenner before he got suspended mm-hmm. – you don't want that kind of a, no 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 a meddling i mean we'll just we'll get rid of a guy really quick billy martin fired him a billion times all of mm-hmm. that you don't you don't necessarily want that but when stick michael took over this team when bob watson took over this team and then they you know they drafted bernie they drafted jeter they you know they got petted they turned mo into a reliever they did all of these things they set up this team they drafted jorge yes. they, you know all of this stuff they traded for Tino after Mattingly retired. They they made the right moves. They found Brocious, a guy who was just barely hitting 200 and b- played good defense and turned him into, uh, I think he was a World Series MVP or ALCS MVP mm-hmm. in that 98 season. He was on fire. Um, you know, being able to open up your pocketbook and say, all right, what do you need, Brian? What do you need, Bob? What do you need, Gene? Yeah, let's let me this. go get, let's go get it. Yeah, let's, not, like, not afraid to do it. Yeah, not afraid to do. There's not enough of that, but I feel like when we do spend money, it's not, it's not always the right thing. We want Bryce Harper was begging to, to be come to the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, he shaved his freaking beard the, yep. when the Yankees, he either, I don't remember, he was either in Yankee Stadium or the Yankees were in Washington. And he shaved that beard when they showed up in town. He was willing to play first base. He wanted to make it work. You know how uh, he signed a 13 year contract? That's a lot. But he also hit free agency, just like Manny Machado when he was like 26, because he came up so early. Because yep. he, I think he came in the league when he was like 20. Mm hmm. So you know how Yank- much we're Yankees had a chance to get Manny Machado too, and yeah, they yeah. And chose I'm not fi- to do that I was too. Fine with not getting Machado, that's fine. I get it. You, we can't get everybody, mm-hmm. and then everyone's going to press. We spend all this money, and then we turn into the 2002 Yankees. You got Giambi, and you got you know we're spending all this money, Jarrett Wright and Carl Pavano, and like Ugh. it just doesn't work, right? It, you got to spend money the right way. So we we get rid of Sanchez. Which was fine. We both. I would have drove him to Laguardia myself. I would have done 100%. it myself. Um, and you know, Gio Urshela, which proved you know we could have used Gio, wasn't the right move. And Mitchell the Yankees Gio. have wanted, have had a hard on for IKF for a long, long time. Get it? I get it. Um, but you know, get over Donaldson. If we got the Josh Donaldson that used to destroy the Yankees in Toronto or in Oakland, that guy's long winning gone, MVPs. Sure. Long gone. You know how much Josh Donaldson's making th- next year? $25 million, $2 million more than Bryce Harper. You see Bryce Harper's playoffs? 
and everything is you know what about ism i don't want to get into all of this but like yeah it's just like sometimes when we you know spend money it's just not the right way to spend money yep. but I, I will still defend cashman i mean like getting trevino when we thought like you imagine if it was just kyle higashioka starting and then we yeah. got that kid from yeah. minnesota and he was healthy who knows what that would have turned into it would have yeah. been a disaster Fair i mean jose true. trevino was an all-star and both i i know baseball you know baseball very well i know baseball a little bit more than you i had no idea who jose trevino was mm -hmm. so like that worked some of these moves they work we've talked about luke voigt you know has worked some of these some of these things end up like making some sense i thought ikf was gonna work i thought donaldson was gonna work i want to put him into a rocket and shoot him into the sun <laughs> so it's like you know i i don't know uh we've i'll, I'll say this we, yeah. we talked about a lot of money right and and then we'll get to some points real quick and then we'll move the hell off all the yankees because I've, I've said enough you said moves that we we went and did and and some moves work and and some don't and Juan de Peralta we, we, for Mike Trot Mike uh uh what was that guy's name Trackman the Talkman Mike Talkman, Talkman for Juan yeah. de Peralta that worked yeah that did that was great but okay but I'm I'm Wandy was to, our closer this postseason yeah but I'm I'm not even gonna get to the closer I'm getting to the starting pitching yeah, yeah. I'm getting Go to ahead. Garrett Cole yeah, yeah get to it because so, Garrett Cole is supposed to be the ace of this roster is he not. What is oh, what yeah. is Garrett Cole? Thirty-six million dollars, probably a top four, or five starting pitcher in this league, and you know? and also extremely susceptible to giving up the home run ball. Always has, always has. It, it's just it, it's it. Well, the funny thing, Sam, is you you say always has, and then when I watched him when he was pitching for the Astros against the Yankees, I don't remember that happening at all. Right, so <laughs> I remember them just That's crushing it. people. Right, and then he gets to New York, his favorite team. And I see the long ball just go. It, it's the the to me. If I'm any player or any team coming into Yankee Stadium or playing the Yankees, the uh, three to four games, whatever the series. If I'm the coach, I'm saying swing early and swing hard at Garrett Cole because he seems to give up all his runs in the early half of the game, and it's very very susceptible to a long ball. And I've watched it all season, and I have to be open and honest with you, Sam. It's so hard to watch the Yankees play it's so hard to watch the Yankees play even when they were winning I wasn't watching because I kept telling one of my really good friends my brother Aaron Judge is doing all this great stuff and I said this is great I love when my guy a guy on my team is is making history but it doesn't mean shit to me if they can't win the World Series it means nothing to me it's and great to have the accolades. I love seeing that. Yes, it's great to cheer about that. But guess what? At the end of the day, you're going to talk about Aaron Judge broke the record for the AL. But then right after that, they got swept by the Astros in the playoffs is all that's going to go right along with that conversation. Yeah, but at the same time, I can understand anyone from out that is not a Yankee fan that listens to this podcast mm -hmm. or listens to whatever sports talk radio or podcasts or whatever reads articles they're gonna say shut the hell up guys in the last 13 seasons since you won a world series you've lost to alcs you've lost to alds you've lost to alcs three times you've missed a playoffs you mm -hmm. lost a wild card game in 2015 2017 you lost alcs alds alcs alds lost a wild card last year and then you lost in the alcs 
any team outside of would love that for their LA team. Yeah. and New York would would sign up for this. That's that's a great point. But and, we're but not outside we of are, that goddamn right? market, and, and we're right been, here as Yankee fans. And we've been spoiled, and we've also been mm-hmm. told it's World Series or bust. That's yep. the that's the expectation that has been put on this team, and that's mm-hmm. the expectation that the fans have. And we didn't come up with that. Nope. That came from the team. So, you know, it's 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 a mess. And so so here we go. I'm not even gonna get to the Red Sox 03 David Ortiz thing. It just I, I think if if you want you you teed it up really well. We both uh you know we both read what Michael K said on his radio show yesterday. I co-signed that a million degrees, the uh-huh. darkest time in Yankee history, and you're just bringing it up to this team. None of these guys were a part of that were even in the league at the time. Yeah. I don't even know if any of them were, um, you know, so it's, yeah. But what do we do now? And I think what is, you know, I, if you listen to this podcast all year, you've gone, you've gone to hear me say, I think we're going to resign judge to, Hey dude, I don't think this looks good. Now I think it's going to end up being, we will pay Aaron judge, whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. That's fine. It's, you know, and then you're going to, Rizzo has an opt-out. You're going to opt out of Rizzo. You're going to re-sign Rizzo. And I, I agree with that, too. I would do that. And you're going to say, well, look, Chad Green's going to be healthy. Well, he's a free agent, but we'll probably get him back. All these guys are coming back. Uh, DJ will be healthy. Oh, yeah, look at this. We have the number one prospect in baseball. Probably by next, probably by the spring, Anthony Volpe will be Baseball America's number one rated prospect. Basically because all the other guys have been called up. Yeah. The majors already. So you have we have Anthony Volpe. We're gonna give Praza a shot. We shot a uh IKF into the sun. Like this, like check out this team. We'll probably buy some like mid-range starting pitcher, right? We have yeah. Sevy, we yeah. have a healthy Nestor Cortez, and this is what is going to be sold. And again, to most of the fan bases in baseball, that is more than enough. They're gonna sell us on, hey, look at Oswaldo, look at Peraza, look at Volpe. Jason Dominguez is a couple years away. Like this team's going to be special. We have Harrison Bader. Like we'll try to re-sign Benintendi. Clearly this team as it's constituted is not enough. I don't even know what moves to make. I have no idea like what to even do. We kept, how do we find clutch postseason performers? Because clearly winning a hundred games in the regular season is not a problem. Even in probably the toughest division in baseball. It's not hard to win 90-something games if you're the Yankees in the regular season. We just proved it. But now it's like every year when the when the you know the, the rubber hits the road, we we can't swing to save our lives. Uh, a team that can swing to save their lives right now is the Phillies. Because I'm done talking about the goddamn Yankees. Thank you. We could have um, done this for another hour, and then yeah, I would have listened yeah, back, we, and I would have thrown do this, up. And I don't want to torture our listeners anymore. Um, the Phillies are swinging their asses off, and after firing Joe Girardi, who I mentioned earlier, uh, because of the Yankees firing them, uh, kind of same narrative. Uh, after they went twenty-one and twenty-nine, uh, they started off twenty-one and twenty-nine, and after that, they went on to win the pennant, and now we're in the World Series playing the Houston Astros. 
to say that that to see to say that we saw the Phillies here, you can go back to our episode of us picking who we had in the World Series at the end of the year. Neither one of us had either of these teams in there. Period. Uh, and I don't think either of us had the Phillies anywhere near. No, I think I picked the Mets so into the division. And yes. I think you picked the Braves. So we were right yep. we were right mm-hmm. there. But yeah, no yeah. one expected this Phillies nope. run. It really happened really late. It's been a hell of a run. And props to um Rob Thompson. The interim shouldn't after this is probably no longer the No, interim. he's they already extended moved it. They okay, already extended the, him, yeah, yeah like a, him. like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Former mm-hmm. Yankee bench coach was mm-hmm. actually in the running to replace Joe Girardi, which is the irony of all of this too is like Rob Thompson's been in the Yankee family forever. Happy. I don't know him, but everyone that does know him says he's an incredible baseball guy and whatever. Like this is great. This is Mm -hmm. really cool to see. Um, But yeah, uh, hell of a run by them. We didn't really talk baseball going down the stretch. There was a lot other things that people wanted to hear about, but a heck of a run by the Phillies and man, it's showing that like, Philly is a hell of a uh, when they're winning. At least that stadium is a is a vibe, man. I would love to to visit. I know uh, friends that have gone there a lot. My sister's been at playoff games there. Like she loves it. Um, well, I mean, you got to cool think about what's going on in that city right now. You got you got the Phillies winning, and then you have the Eagles winning. So that city right now is you can't tell Philadelphia nothing right now. Like yeah. absolutely nothing right now and ironically during the series if it carries on the way it is the eagles will be playing the houston texans on november 3rd oh, is really? while they're while this is going on so it'll be philly against houston in in two sports so that that is the way sports plays out in times is it's wild um so that that is is coming to fruition um as much as I hate to say this. Uh, I want the Phillies to win at this point because I love the underdog team. Uh, as I said to Sam before the pod, they the Phillies caught this hot streak, and normally when teams do this, they're pretty damn unstoppable. And with, with Bryce Harper and Schwarber, I mean, I love Kyle Schwarber, by the way. Um, th- they are the, – the ball is going to the moon <laughs> off their bats right now. Um so it's pretty hard to stop them right now. Houston too. Yeah, yeah. yeah they both have similar dimensions in that. For that sure. Field, yeah. But I, I, I mean, the the Astros are, they're proven through and through, uh, and and I don't really see, see people beating the Astros again. And this yeah. might be Dusty Baker's first World Series ring uh, as a as a head coach, and I kind of pull for Dusty. Because I, he's always been a lovable guy to me, and he's always been a part of kind of history with whatever team he's been a part of. So uh, I do see the Astros winning, but I mean, I'm definitely pulling for the Phillies. So. Yeah, I, the Astros made you know when they cleaned house, they made the right move. Of uh, again, I we I said this about Buck being signed with the Mets. Mm-hmm. They got an adult in the room. Yes, not you know, and coming out of you know a very dark time for the Houston Astros, and they did it to themselves. I'm not. They did. You know, I, I, I don't care. They, you mm-hmm. know, they should have gotten a harsher penalty. But the thing is, Dusty Baker is a baseball guy and he's loved by the baseball community. And it'll be really cool. Despite me, like every bone in my body, it would be cool to see him win a World Series. Yes. Um, and it was a really cool moment. 
Um, I don't know if you saw like Aaron Boone waited outside of the Astro uh, locker room while they were celebrating just to like hug Dusty Baker. That was like, it just kind of shows you like how people, you know, uh, look at this guy and, uh, you know, who he is and, and, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. So again, I agree with you. I think the Astros are going to win. I don't, I'm cheering for the Phillies all the way um with this one uh be cool to see uh, i remember bryce harper in high school in a home run derby hitting the back of tropicana field during you know a home run derby like been watching bryce harper for a really long time um I, i'd like to see him win a a, a ring one of many i'm i'm sure yes but, yes uh, i i think the astros are gonna win uh, also, before we get off of baseball, this will be the last thing to say so we can go into some football because we got a lot to talk about there. I have some gripes to, uh, you know, handle there. Uh, Yankees, when you are making these changes in the offseason, make sure you change that stupid-ass facial hair policy too because uh, it's super outdated and super stupid. Let these guys have personalities because guess what? They'll be more marketable. I understand George was in the Air Force and whatnot. George is dead. No offense to him. He's dead. And guess what? It does not matter. They don't need to be clean shaven. If you look at all these other guys out here, they are super marketable with facial hair, without facial hair, whatnot. Let these guys show their personality. It's just it's just another part of people. A lot of people do change, and I'm sure they don't feel comfortable when they have something that they're normally used to on their face or on their head. So change that because it's 2022. God damn it. Um, let's get to the NFL. Let's get to the NFL, Sam, so I can kind of cheer up a little bit more here. Love it. Hey, busy uh, week. Every week's a new adventure in this league, as we've we've seen uh, a lot to talk about. We'll just uh, start with week seven, winners and losers. We have uh, power rankings, too, by uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Brandon as well. But we'll start. Hey, uh, Hayes, what's your uh, your first winner? The New York All this negativity needs to stop. Damn it! Let's talk about some winners. <laughs> the New York Football Giants, um, led this is by from an Eagles fan. By yep, the way. I led by this, Saquon, Legatron, Barkley, um, Diatron, <laughs> Diatron. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Danny Ducks, because I'm still gonna call him that no matter what, because he is Danny Ducks. Uh, but Brian Dable, who is running away with coach of the year. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that he is the coach of the year for changing the culture around, seeing what this team was. Nobody had the Giants being in this position uh, at this point in time, being six and one, right? I don't know. I don't know. We, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. Dame. We were laughing at Dame. Pretty hard. (laughs) And I've been thinking about it for weeks. So I'm like, damn, next time I see him, he's going to be bad. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, Harrison has told me that Dame, every single time they're in an Xbox party chat, Dame makes sure he reminds Harrison that he had the Giants doing something. And Dame, thus far, has made us look stupid. So put some money on that. Yeah, he should have put money on that because, damn, he could be. Mm. Anyway, but, yeah, no, the Giants look really, really good. People have talked about, you know, I don't really trust the Giants. Uh, because they've, they've, you know, almost lost some games. They almost lost on Sunday, right? But guess what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you've almost lost the game. If you get the win, you get the win. That's all that matters. And the win column, it says six. And the loss column, it says one. And the only team they lost to was the Cowboys. So 
The Giants look good, and the NFC least, as everybody was calling it, looks pretty dominant, doesn't it? Because the AFC West looks like shit. So uh, here we are. The Giants, they're playing extremely well. Uh, I'm curious to see how they play this week uh, because that's going to be a big game for them. Uh, so let's just see what happens with that. Who's your Who's your first winner of this week, I Sam? just got to say with the Giants, too, like Dable doing a, a great job. Your boy, Mike Kafka. Remember him? Mm-hmm. The offensive coordinator. He's first-year play caller. Here we have, like, Brian Dable, who was the engineer of the this great offensive Buffalo, and he's now the head coach. And unlike Matt LaFleur, unlike some of these other, like Nathaniel Hackett, like, put the clipboard down, let his OC take care of it, and he's managing the football team, and he's doing a hell of a job. So, like, um, you know, they... The Jacksonville Jaguars gave them that win too at the same time, but it was that, you know, I will give, um, you know, it was a tough game. It was a fun game to watch, and I'm glad they won. My first winner is the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they they beat the 49ers like 44 to like 20-something, but I don't even think it was like that close. No. You know, a lot of people question this team without Tyreek Hill. And I think they have like the most explosive plays um, throughout the first seven weeks of the season. And Tyreek Hill's down on this team. Yep, they're they're making it work. That you know Juju has has come into his own again. You know, looking like prime Juju when he was on the uh, the Steelers. Steelers. There, MVS has has shown up. You know, infrequently, but he had a big game last week. I think the week before he had a big game. They're showing that they can win a lot of different ways. And I, I just think they're, uh, you know, just a dominant team. And um, I'm highly upset. You, yeah. you you didn't mention the one integral part that has not changed or the two integral parts that have not changed. Well, it's, it's Andy Reid. It's Eric yeah, the Enemy. I ain't, talking about, I ain't talking about Big Red. I ain't talking about him. I'm talking about the best tight end, the best oh, yeah. tight end in the league who yeah. shows up and moves away, which people, if you don't know, what he used to play as when he was younger, uh, when he was playing with his brother. If you don't know how how freakish of an athlete he is, which I thought it was really cool to see him and Kittle uh, give each other a big hug because they have the tight end university. The national tight end day uh, yeah. was the other day, man. Yep. So that's very, very true. So you have that. And then Mahomes, the guy that can make all the throws. If you have a quarterback that can do all this stuff and still has competent players around him, the reason why I'm saying that is because – you got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady out here, and you see what's happening with them, which we'll get into later. But um, yeah, but I, I, I Kelsey is is Kelsey to me is the yes we talk about him. He's the best tight end, but he's it's sometimes it's just he's not talked about enough to me. Still not talked about enough, which says a lot to me because without him, I think that team is way different. Like yes, Tyreek Hill is different. You can't match that speed whatsoever. That's that's just unmatchable. But what Travis Kelsey does in the slot, what he does in the flat, uh, he can take it, he can a post route, he can do run any route, period. And he also is a hell of a blocker on top of that. So he really makes that offense go. So I, I want to yeah. give him his shout out for, for sure. For sure. And you can't, and this team still doesn't have a, a running game. No, exactly. Really. exactly. And they're still doing it, even mm-hmm. without Tyreek Hill. They're mm-hmm. still doing it without a running game. It's crazy. Who you got next? Your uh, second winner for week seven. <laughs> the Seahawks. 
Yes, the Seahawks. Um, you know, we, I pretty much say everybody outside of Seattle uh, literally said their team had no chance. We looked at them. We said that they weren't going to be anything. Russell left. Pete Carroll was dwindling down. Russell was really the the reason why this was going the way it was going. Funny how that looks. Uh, because they just went and put up 37 on the Chargers defense. Yes, Joey Bosa's not there. But the Chargers, who were supposed to be something, they just put up 37 points on them. And the Seahawks are four and three. Geno threw for 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And I know I have a Jet fan in front of me right here who I'm going to make happy later. But I know Jet fans are sitting there in their chats all across the tri-state or even across the country saying, where the hell was this Geno Smith when he was on our team? And guess what? Sometimes you need an opportunity for a guy to grow, and sometimes it's a certain area. But the way the Seahawks have been playing that run game, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let myself off the hook and not talk about Kenneth Walker the uh, third out here rushing for 168 yards, gets two touchdowns with 23 carries, like insane what they're doing. And again, against a Charger team, a part of a division that we thought was going to be the division of all divisions. And the Seahawks are actually out here putting numbers up. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly impressed that they are four and three. Same record that the Bengals have. I will say that again. They're four and three. Same record as the Ravens have. Uh, so we're talking about all these other teams that are there. And and this team is right there record-wise with this other team. They may not have the talent, but their records are the same. So... Shout out to the Seahawks because they are doing something that I can honestly openly admit I did not see this coming. Period. Period. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone, uh, like this is really a testament to Pete Carroll, too. And Agreed. we've we've said it for years too. You know, the 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 trend in the national media was Pete Carroll, uh Brian Schottenheimer, John Schneider, they are holding Russ back. Let Russ cook, you know, <laughs> let's stop running the ball. Chris Carson, you know, Rashad Penny, whatever, like stop running the ball. Give Russ the ball. He's got DK. He's got Tyler Lockett. Let it work. We yeah. saw what letting Russ loose looks like. Pete Carroll, I apologize. <laughs> you're a hell of a football coach. Yep. Geno Smith is you're putting Geno in a situation to succeed. Ken Walker was a great pick in the second round there, too. Uh, people left this team for dead. Uh, Drew Locke or Geno Smith, people were laughing about it. We were, you know, we had jokes at their expense, too. There's a good chance that they will be in the conversation when the NF, uh, the NFC West is is all said and done. Yep. And right now, if the season, yeah. season stopped right now, they would be in the playoffs. Yeah. Just <laughs> wild. So... But obviously that doesn't matter because the season doesn't stop right now. Sam, who's your next winner? I have to say it's uh, Cincinnati Bengals. After starting, I believe it was 0-2, they've really just that that offensive line, which we've made jokes about, mm -hmm. uh, has kind of gotten better, has gelled. Joe Mixon, you know, looks like a better running back now than he did the first couple weeks of the season. But most importantly, 
Joe Burrow is in the last couple weeks has been in playoff Joe Shiesty mode. Like Thorough Burrow. Yeah, yeah, man. He is uh, I think he had the most passing yards of the season for any quarterback so far. It was like 468 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh Jamar Chase had 130 yards. Uh T. Higgins had a billion over a hundred yards, and Tyler Boyd or or something like that. Tyler Boyd had 90 something yards or whatever. One of them had 90 yards. The other one blew, blew a bill. I don't know. I don't have stats in front of me. I don't care. This team looks really good. The offense looks really good. The defense is holding their own. I still don't, I still don't think Zach Taylor is a good coach, but it's working. Um, I really like this Bengals team. If you listen during the playoffs last year, at the end of last season too, I, I love this team. I wrote them into the Super Bowl, and um, my uh, bank account enjoyed that, and I will continue to do so right now because this team looks really good, and they're really fun to watch. And plus, my fantasy football team name is Jamar Chasing Points. Oh, that's that's clever. Way to, way to plug the team, our uh, podcast in there, too. There you go. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the Bengals are turning it around. I mean, from what they started off the season looking like into where they are now, I mean, I... I Everybody was saying it is it's only in due time, right? But we've, we're also saying this about some other teams that we'll get to, uh, and it doesn't look like they're going to turn it around. So they actually are making that uh, happen. They just have too much talent on that team. And, uh, I mean, it's a, long, it's a long season. So there's a lot that could happen, uh, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what goes on, uh, especially because we're almost at the point that, Sean Watson comes back for the Browns. So to see what that looks like uh, and see how that division shapes out and if that's going to even make an impact. So uh, I'm curious of that, but um, a team that basically was left for dead because their quarterback was Baker Mayfield. Uh, they traded CMC to the Niners. Uh, no way that they were going to go out and beat the Buccaneers on Sunday. <laughs> uh, they did. 21 to 3 at that. And shout out to one of my favorite underrated players uh, because he's done his thing ever since he came out of what was it? The uh, what's the league that The Rock now owns? Uh, XFL. XFL. PJ Walker. I remember seeing him, watching him when we didn't have main football going on during COVID. Uh, P.J. Walker got noticed because of that because he was balling out in that league. He's been in the league ever since that point in time, which I, I absolutely love. The guy got another chance. P.J. threw for 177 yards, and he, he had a total of that, and then two touchdowns on top of that. Deontay Foreman, 118 yards. Thank you, Fantasy Points. Thank you, Brandon, for staying up late that night and Christian McCaffrey getting traded and uh, me picking him up while my uh, other guys in the league – had to wait and we're trying to get him the next morning and couldn't you're welcome uh but uh chubba chubba hubba over there also had a uh, a rushing touchdown but the fact that they went out there and basically manhandled the buccaneers who are now three and four at that speaks volumes to me they they won this week and it's a week-to-week league if they can turn this around with this momentum that they have now of the new revitalization 
getting rid of Matt Rule, which Sam has been preaching on here for a long time that he's been on thin ice uh, for quite some time. And I'm sure he's going to go back to college football and he's going to have a powerhouse there. I'm sure that's going to happen. And then he may be back in the league if he ever wants to do that again. We'll see. Uh, but I like what the Panthers have here uh, because nobody is going to really count for them to do anything. So that's why they're my winner of this week. Yeah, I have the Panthers as a winner too. I know I didn't write it down here, but it's for a different point. You know, they fire Matt Rule, <clears throat> Steve Wilkes, who got a yep. not get a fair shake in Arizona. He got fired after one year, and they got rid of Josh Rosen and got Kyler Murray and all Cliff Kingsbury and all that. Josh who? <clears throat> right. <laughs> they trade Christian McCaffrey and running back. <clears throat> to a team, this is more like the Niners are a loser. I don't understand this Christian McCaffrey trade. We can get to it, but um, for the Niners, but a nice return for the Carolina Panthers, a team that's not going anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, he is their whole offense. He's a dynamic player when he can stay on the field. I mean, he's very important to the city of Carolina and the states of Carolina and all of that, or the, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, to, to get capital for him, you're trading Robbie Anderson, who basically got kicked out of the game by his own coach. Sure did. You know, Brian Burns whispers about getting some draft capital there. DJ Moore, this team, after making a bunch of stupid moves like trading for Sam Darnold and giving the Jets basically Brees Hall and some other pieces, you know, they're getting assets in here and, um, if I'm Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I'm looking at real estate in Charlotte, you know, I don't know. So they're, they're my winner just for that trade. I, I think the Christian McCaffrey trade, um, the one thing that the Niners are good at is that zone blocking scheme that Kyle Shanahan's dad made famous in Denver. And, you know, even before that, um, I, they can, they can turn, anyone into a, a decent running back with the way that they scheme up their their running backs mm-hmm. and i i you know they never throw to their uh running backs anyway so well i think I, it's I nostalgic reasons one. that they did that i mean sure yeah his, his dad shanahan mccaffrey connection before yeah, i get it i get it i just now. i think it was too much i i think it's if i'm a niners fan i'm it. excited though yeah i, mean, I would be yeah, yeah. of course if he can stay healthy, I would be. Yeah. That's that's just that. So since yeah. you kind of use that as your winner loser, who is your actual real loser first? Uh, it's my Jets. Mm. And it's not what you would think because they did go into Denver. And even though they're playing a backup quarterback, they won the game. Uh, but it came at a cost. You lose Corey Davis. Fine. All right sucks but we're not throwing him the ball anyway you lose elijah vera tucker our probably our best lineman yeah uh, second year guy uh thank you jamal adams for uh, being traded because that was one of our picks and um most importantly you, you lose basically our whole offense in Brees hall to mm-hmm. a torn acl and uh that's a real bummer because the guy was having a hell of a year and um was probably going to run away no pun intended with rookie of the year offensive yeah. rookie of the year um but we do have the defensive rookie of the year sauce Gardner has looked like he's channeling that's, that's too much sauce mm. 
Uh, I and Eagle had two great calls. I, I I don't know how much of the game he watched, but None. he uh, <laughs> he he when Brees light uh, he called him Brees Lightning when he hit that sixty-two yard uh, mm. run, and it was like the fastest run of he had the fastest sprint speed in the league this year. It was like almost twenty-two miles an hour. Wow! And then uh, when uh, Sauce you know deflected a. a touchdown or a ball in the end zone he he said so Cortland Sutton's lost in the sauce wow so I thought that was good too I mean that's my I... loser though because uh you know we traded for James Robinson great trade for the Jets not giving up much I think you know he's coming off an Achilles injury I think he's still got you know I've always liked James Robinson I think he's still got some left in the tank but I think Tucker is a much bigger loss and um, it's gonna be hard to uh, this this offensive line is it's gonna you know lost Becton already. George Fant's coming back soon, but um, that's rough. That's gonna be tough. So Jets are my first loser. Yeah, when you when you put that on there, I was gonna cuss you out, but I had a funny feeling it was about the injuries. It was and, about the injuries, and that sucks because you guys you know you guys are actually doing nice things right now. So uh, don't really like that. It's not really going anywhere at this point, right? Um, but I, I'm sure it'll change, change for sure. Um, I should have my uh, loser for all Kyle Pitts owners in fantasy football. Um, yep. That's really what it should be because uh, I have him and it's a keeper league. So it's just like I want to get rid of him, but it's a keeper league and I got to make my decision at the end of the year. And you know how this works, Sam. You get rid of a guy, and then all of a sudden they start going off. Let's just say, uh, what is it, Ritter comes in and he starts throwing, because if he comes in, he's going to definitely hit the tight end. But they're run-heavy uh, offense, which is wild, but whatever. Um, the loser here is uh, Bronco Country. Let's ride. Um, because you went out and paid all this money for us. And Russ's in sports right now aren't doing so great. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to be honest here. Uh, but the Broncos absolutely suck. Um, you got a head coach that... Huh? Yeah, offensively. offensively. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're a part of the same team. And they're just losing all across the board. And I... I said to you before when the Broncos went and got uh, Hackett as their head coach, I said, why? I said, you have so many other people that I believe would be a better choice. And I still feel that I am justified for this because it doesn't look great. Russ doesn't look great. Russ has been injured left and right, and when he wasn't injured, still didn't look great. Uh if he says Bronco country, let's ride. I, if I was one of his teammates, I would literally fight him right at the podium. If I ever heard that from come out of his mouth again, after a um, loss, every, yeah, he has to, he has to do it. He's branding it. But I mean, the reason why I have Russ is because more and more stories have come out about Russ that weren't coming out when he was in Seattle and Marshawn Lynch was the most recent one to me uh, that kind of impacted me because Marshawn Lynch doesn't talk too much when he does. He normally speaks the truth and says what he has to say. And Marshawn flat out said when they were on the Seahawks together and the team wanted to converse with Russ, they had to reach out to his agent first to have a conversation with him to talk to the phone. Now, I don't know how much validity that has to that. I, don't, I also don't know why Marshawn would make something up like that 
or why any of these other players would say this and it's multiple people but i uh, i i'm hearing he's he's a likable guy he, he is a likable likable guy he's annoying to a certain extent um because his likability is kind of nauseating at times for me but if you're hearing all these things and i've been a part of team sports my whole entire life when a team multiple people from a team are saying the same thing about a person that's who this person is and it's upsetting to hear that because he is going to be a hall of famer but russ needs to do something because his legacy to me at this point in time is teetering especially with this this broncos tenure because he's going to be there for a while so put up or shut up obviously he has next season to do what he has to do and and some of later on this season but it's i think it's over for them completely over for them it just comes point. he comes off as like such a phony man he, he does it's just it's he just does. like it just doesn't seem genuine it's all about the brand it's all about like what he can put on instagram or like you know it's i don't i don't know what where that came from it, it seems like a relatively new phenomenon i don't know if it's like the circles he runs with now obviously he's married to a very talented uh artist in sierra you know they're they're best friends with kobe or vanessa bryant and you know they're they're hanging out and they're doing all the stuff you see him at f1 races at in uh you know uh in europe and he's doing all this stuff like um you know got the commercials but he just comes off as just so like uh just, just cornball such a, a cor- like yeah corny but like even just like it's none of it's like like he's not that it's phony like he's a bad guy and he's pretending mm-hmm. to be a good guy i i think he's a good guy i'm not questioning his character i'm more or less questioning like he's just being someone who he's he's not and it just doesn't come off as genuine at all yeah yeah uh yeah he's just he's just not it for me he's not my cup of tea and i think this is again in football is a sport that the guys will know if you're that guy or not, especially in that position. Uh, who's your next? A, yeah, I bet there's a lot of guys in that locker room last week when they heard Brett Rippon was starting. Mm-hmm. That they were pretty relieved and happy about it. Now Russ has a hamstring tear. He may. They're saying he may even start in London this week. If I'm the Broncos, I don't even bring him to London. No, I wouldn't. He's your. You know, regardless of how he's playing, you're right. He is a future Hall of Famer, and uh, you just leave him home. Let him get healthy. Um. I know you gave up a lot in draft capital and you gave him a ton of money, but just, just leave him home. I would, with, yeah. I would not bring him anywhere near anything. That's it. Just keep him home. Yeah. My next uh, loser is the Patriots. Um, <laughs> it's, this isn't even like a Jets fan taking shots at the Patriots. Last night was rough. <laughs> it was rough to watch. Um I don't even think there's a quarterback controversy, although I know a lot of Patriot fans that are ready to throw, put Mac Jones in a missile and shoot him into the sun. So, like, I, I know I, a handful of them that have expressed that to me and, and you know, other words. But uh, Bill Parcells once said, and I'm in a, a group text, a Jets group text with our good friend Dave, who comes on this podcast regularly, mm-hmm. and he he reminded us all of the adage if you have two quarterbacks you don't have a quarterback and that was bill parcells and you figure bill belichick would know that i i will dismiss a quarterback controversy because i just kind of feel like mac jones tried really hard to play all week Mm -hmm. and maybe you know he impressed bill enough to 
to give him the nod, but he didn't look healthy. And, uh, you know, but to get booed and, and for everyone to be cheering for Zappy in the second quarter, it's not a good look. It's, you know, no, there's uh, some and Zappy started strong, but, you know, he he didn't have a great game at the end either. But, um, you know, I, I fully expect Mac Jones to start next week. I can't say that, Sam. <laughs> I can't say that because of Mr. Bill Belichick. I really don't know what he's thinking. Um, oh, yeah. No one does. Did he I mean, say? He, well, I know his press conference. He basically he, didn't announce a starter. Right? He didn't. He dismissed it, basically. He, But he also basically said, you know, he didn't really say too much. But what he did say was essentially like right after the game, like he kind of just didn't stand up for homeboy. Um, why did his name just blank? Um, Alabama. What's his name? Matt Jones. Thank you. Don't know why his name just blank for a second. It's probably because he's so boring. Um, so <laughs> goodness gracious, that whole Patriots organization is absolutely boring right now. Um, yeah, it's there's nothing appealing about it. It's just it it honestly is genuinely fun to see this happen to them because of all the years that they won and how obnoxious New England fans were about this. So yeah, I kind of don't care. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, my loser. Also, you feel hate is the Packers with a Aaron out there. Uh, you played all these back and forth games this off season. <laughs> about if you're going to continue or not, you lose arguably the best wide receiver in the league to the Raiders, which his team's not doing too well. Um, and you guys can't win. You continue to say the things of relax and, you know, these young guys and it's not your job to do this, but if you want to play football and you want to be the head of the team and you want everybody to do that, Aaron Rodgers is having this battle right now. It's like you guys either listen to me or you listen to the head coach. And it's funny. It's funny because it sounds eerily familiar to the situation that was Kyrie and Steve Nash last year where, hey, I'm going to do these things and it's not my job to do this, but you guys got to do this type thing. And it's listen to me and don't listen that way. And you got to give me the power or the autonomy to do my thing. And he's not getting as ridiculed for it. But it, they're talking about it, but it's just not blowing it up. Um, yes, I'm relating to things because it's just funny how things work in sports to me that I see that are the same things and certain things get blown out of proportion. Um, I, I just I just find it funny that we've we consistently tote these guys and put them on this pedestal because of what they've done in the past over and over again. Uh, but football, you have to come out every year and every week and improve. And if you don't do that, you will get beat by the teams that you shouldn't get beat by. Uh, so they just got beat by the commanders this week. So the fact that they lost to the commanders uh, and the backup quarterback, <laughs> yeah, you guys are bums. So have fun. Go pack. Go and have fun with your cheese and stuff because you're going to eat a lot of it watching. There's, I've heard a lot of Aaron Rodgers slander, and I can't say I'm not amused by it because we both, if you mm -hmm. listen to this podcast, you know how we feel about Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, has he does he have a right to, like, not show up in June and go to OTAs and all this 
voluntary, you know, workouts and all of that stuff. Yes. Yeah, of course he does. But you can't sit there and say, you know, you know, you don't have chemistry with your wideouts Two, you know, Romeo Dobbs doesn't look like he's, he's just making way too many mistakes. Kristen uh, Watson is hurt. Sammy Watkins is not nearly the wide receiver he was. Randall Cobb, his his guy is hurt. And, you know, you just got to give the ball there and Jones and A.J. Dillon at this point. But can you do I knock the guy for like not showing up in June when you have like a whole new offense that doesn't revolve around Devontae Adams? Like I don't knock him, but should he have like been doing that instead of, you know, doing drugs in like South America? Like, I don't know, maybe like it's. I don't man. It's just. You even see it with Tom Brady. I know you're going to get to Brady, but like he just like what has made these guys stand out, especially with Tom Brady is like putting in, you know, the work when no one else will that like Mamba mentality, right? Like the, you know, I will, I will put everything I have into this and F you if you're not on my level. So like the audacity of like Tom Brady to like curse out his offensive line when he's out missing missing practices and you know and he's going through family stuff and god bless him and his family like i'm not gonna even touch that i'm not even talking about that i'm talking about robert Kraft's wedding like you're mm-hmm. not gonna show up but that you know to, to practice but then you're gonna ream out your offensive line like you you just see a change in him you see a change in aaron Rodgers. like yes these guys are immortal quarterbacks hall of famers but like put in you know I don't know. Just try. <laughs> don't be pointing fingers. I'll get to Tom, like you said. What's your next one? Uh, the Chargers. Uh, this team is consistently inconsistent, and it's a shame. They had Drew Brees and LaDainian Tomlinson. They can never get over the hump. They had uh, Philip Rivers for all those years and putting up monster numbers. And with and Tomlinson can never do anything. Um, so this goes back a really long time. But but uh, Brandon Staley is one of the just decision decision wise an awful head coach. <laughs> yeah, just, wasn't he? Wasn't he highly toted as being one of the next defense, best prospects? The, the, the Rams yeah. defensive mastermind. Like mm-hmm. again, like the whole the joke. Like I I uh, had coffee with Sean McVay once, so I'm like qualified to be a head coach kind of thing. Um, this team is just inconsistent, and Justin Herbert doesn't look good. This year, he looked, you know, he had some great the first two years of the season. But like this is, you know, you're you're wasting prime Justin Herbert here. Austin Eckler's having a hell of a year. Yeah, I mean, Mike Williams is hurt. Keenan Allen has been hurt as long as um, I, I saw this really funny meme that like Brian Robinson got shot twice and ended up on the football field back before Keenan Allen did, which is just mind blowing to me. But like. Um, you know, this, this team just fumbles, no pun intended, just their opportunities. And they're so inconsistent. And I just, a lot of it falls at the feet of, of Brandon Staley here, um, being the the head coach of this team, but this team has been a mess for a very long time. No wonder Archie Manning didn't want Eli to go there. Um, but like, um, I, I heard, uh, I was listening to a podcast and uh, it was John Breach of, of CBS Sports. He basically said that the Chargers are like the boyfriend 
that says, no, no, babe, take me back. I'll change. I'm changed. I'm changed. And then does the same shit over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And I was like, this is like, this is just this is brilliant. That's like, genius. It's exactly what it is. And uh, this team's just so inconsistent and they're wasting, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, who is a generational talent at quarterback. And I hope um, just for football's sake, they fix that because he's really good. And my fantasy team needs him to to do it. (laughs) Yeah, well, good luck on that. And this uh, podcast has been brought to you by Sloop Brewery. Sam and I are both drinking one. Drink responsibly. Shout it's out not to sponsored by it at all, but five minutes from my house. Um, juice bomb, yes, Fantastic. juice bomb for sure. Best, um, but no, uh, somebody that probably needs a, a, a keg of sloop right now is Tom Brady and um, in those bucks because they went from being see, this is the problem that I have with teams that they try to run it back, right? They won the Super Bowl, they signed everybody back. They wanted to run it back and win with the same team. Didn't work because that never works, um, really. But um, especially in football. But now here we are, change of head coach. They're supposed to have this top defense with Todd Bowles. The difference is Todd Bowles is now the head coach, so he has way more responsibility. Uh, so he can't just focus on the game planning of the defense. He has to worry about the whole team. And this is what the issue is and what happens um, when certain people get into these, these spots, just being a coordinator is different from being a head coach. You have a focus and not saying it's easy, but you have one focus. But the reason why is, is that I'm upset about this is a, they're supposed to have this defense, but that offense is non-existent. Yes. I know there's a lot of missing pieces to the offensive line. Tom doesn't have his blanket Gronk uh, to be able to throw the ball to, but you still have a Mike Evans. I know Julio is never hasn't been Julio in quite some times, and he's still injured up and down. You got Chris Godwin, who I think played, uh, but is still not fully healthy yet at this point in time. And Tom, as Sam mentioned earlier, is going through his own off-field shit. Tom, this is my message to you, brother. You have a baddie at home, a beautiful, beautiful wife. F football. You did everything that you needed to do in football. <laughs> you won so much. You are arguably the greatest quarterback of all times uh, with the accolades that you have. Go home. Go be with your family. Go make sure your family's right because it is clear as day to see that this is not working out right now. And I'm sure the team is feeling it as well. Um, obviously, I'm not in the locker room, nor are you, Sam. Um, but it's to me, it's very, very clear. You never had any of this stuff surrounding Tom Brady in his whole entire career. And the one time he does, you see the product that's put out on the field. It's, it's terrible right now. And obviously, it's not all on Tom, as I mentioned, of those major injuries. Tom is not good with pressure up the middle. He's been seeing that all season, yeah. all season. So it, it's you're he becomes an average quarterback when he has pressure up the middle. Um, and I, I wish he would have just went out last year and just called it a day there uh yeah hindsight hindsight's you know 2020 but um and we knew this was going to be a tough year he lost a lot on that offensive line and a lot of injuries and retirements and you know uh guys uh, the one guard that uh, blanking went to the Bengals, and then uh, the other guy retired and had some injuries there and yeah we knew it was going to be tough sledding for this team um but you're right it just the the problem is a lot of times it is and we saw it with Brett Favre and other you know guys that just won't hang it up is they just they can't they don't know life without football 
maybe he doesn't want to go home. Maybe he just has this hunger to get ring number whatever eight. Um, and you know, I can't blame him for that, but something you know, I I've always subscribed to uh, um, like the Bill Belichick model, which is ironic that like I'd rather get rid of this guy a year too early than a year too late. And I'm not even like he's still like producing at 300 yards the other day. I mean, the team did not did not look good. I still think he's a capable quarterback in this league, clearly. Um, but you know, it's he's he just doesn't look. Um, I was talking to a friend last night about this. He just does not look the same. His his mannerisms are different. The way he's talking to people is different. He looks just different. He looks dejected and just tired. And, you know, again, he's going, you know, we're not here. We're not a page six here. We're not going to be talking about his private life. Um, but there's clearly, you know, a lot going on there too. And um, yeah, it's just, it's hard. Some, you know, these guys just don't know when to quit. They just don't. Oh, speaking of don't know when to quit is Mr. Matty. I fell through thin ice. Uh, this is our honorable mention of the week. Um, Sam, uh, you know how I feel about Matt Ryan. I, I know he has these accolades and probably will be in the Hall of Fame. I, hope I don't think so, man. You, I, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. me. I really hope he doesn't. Man, this I don't, bar is so low now. I don't, I don't think that he's, I mean, as yeah. great as a player as the I mean, he'll get, he was. He's going to get some. He's clearly not. Yeah, he's clearly not the player he was. No, he's not. And he hasn't been for quite some time. And I think literally his soul was taken by the Patriots along with Julio's after they allowed them to come back and win that. Um, but damn, like Matty Ryan has been benched for the rest of the season. Uh, even before the injury, it was a decision that they made. Uh, Frank Reich went on to say in his presser that he they apologized to Matt Ryan. Uh, they promised him an offensive line that would protect him. They promised him a run game that would do this, and none has come to that. Now, the rumor has been that Frank Reich never wanted to get rid of Carson Wentz, uh, but Jim Ursay absolutely couldn't stand Carson and wanted him gone. But Carson only threw, I think it was uh, seven interceptions last year, 11 touchdowns or something like that. Uh, I think it might have been lower. Uh, but Carson Wentz actually didn't do that bad, and they would have made the playoffs, but they didn't. And Jim, as we all know, is kind of the uh, most irrational <laughs> owner in the NFL, uh, reacted and wanted Carson gone. I, I'm not upset with that. I understand the product that Carson puts out there, but they actually didn't do too bad. Uh, but now, hindsight is twenty twenty. Do you think that they wish they kept Carson Wentz, meaning Ursay, and do you think it's over for Matt Ryan? I don't. I don't know about the the Carson Wentz thing. It clearly sounded like Ursay didn't didn't mind losing him uh, at the beginning of the year with with his comments there. I just think Jim Ursay's tired, and I've been kissing Chris Ballard's butt for two years on this podcast. I think he's one of the best GMs in football, but I think Jim Ursay is um, just tired of being told that we got it. We're gonna get Philip Rivers. He's still got something left. All right, we're gonna beg Philip Rivers to come back. He and he they brought him to the playoffs. This defense was so good. Michael Pittman is a great wide receiver. Jonathan Taylor, when healthy, is one of the top running backs in this league. Okay, we'll get you Carson Wentz. He Frank Reich was the the OC there in Philly. He had a great year until he got hurt. 
He just needs the right environment. He needs the right situation. He'll be fine. All right, Carson's not the guy. Despite everything that we traded and gave up for him, we're going to get Matt Ryan. Remember Matt Ryan? He was at the Super Bowl, has an NFL MVP. Like, let's get Matt Ryan. And it's and we talked about it last podcast where I was just like, this rent-a-quarterback thing is not working. It's like, who's next on this, like, trajectory? Is it Russell Wilson in, like, three years? Like, who's the next guy that, like, is going to get cut and, like, just going to be inserted in here? I think Jim Mercer is just kind of tired with it. They've, they're one of the luckiest franchises of the last 30 years. They've had, you know, Andrew Luck was. Well, that's where, that's the void that they've been trying to fill since Andrew Andrew Luck Luck left. And, and, you know, they had one bad year in between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck getting Andrew Luck. And like, how many bad years have you experienced as an Eagles fan? How many bad years? I've been looking, I was, I was telling a coworker today, I've been looking for a franchise quarterback my whole life. Chad Pennington's probably the closest thing I've ever had to one. And, uh, you know, and here's the Colts in, in 30 years they had two. And they, they have a team that's ready that's ready to win. Uh, you know, I hope uh, Shaq Leonard can get on the field. But, like, this team's you know, has all the pieces. They, I think Jim Mercer is just kind of like, all right, they have the 17th pick now in the draft. I just looked it up. I don't know how many games they're going to win with Sam Ellinger. But... You know, maybe they're maybe it's just time to kind of rebuild at this position. And if I'm Frank Reich and and uh, Chris Ballard, I'm the seat's a little warm. Well, this is the first. I mean, if 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 you're alluding to what I think you're alluding to is tanking for the rest of the season, they got two good young quarterbacks that are going to be in the top of that uh that draft, so they can uh you know Im- improve their uh <laughs> their draft value with that. So I mean, I'd do that. Couple, they need a quarterback. They need look, one badly. Yeah, looking at this, um, just where the the draft lineup is now. Again, I know it's only been seven weeks, but the Lions have the first pick. Texans second, Panthers third. Your Eagles with that dumb trade from the the Saints. You have the fourth pick. Thank you, Saints. The, the Deshaun Watson trade gives the Texans two picks in the top five, and then the Broncos have the sixth pick. It's just like crazy. Yeah, I I thoroughly appreciate that. It's just going to make our team better. And I know we're looking to trade for either a running back because the Eagles are actually out here contacted the Panthers for CMC, and they seem to have been contacting the Browns about Kareem Hunt, but they also got uh, – who's the pass rusher for the uh, Panthers? Burns. Burns. Yeah. Yep, so they reach out to him, and then they're – there's somebody else that they reached out. So they're looking for a pass rusher and running back to, to add to. I'll tell you what, so man. It's interesting. I've been holding on to Kenneth Gainwell in my dynasty league for <laughs> way too long, and I'm getting really itchy to drop him. I need space, and it's really hard not to drop him. I don't blame you because he can go off at any point in time. Yeah. So don't All right. You. Enough of that very long winners and losers segment, but I think it was valuable information because that's what we do here at the Chasing Points podcast. We give you valuable information so real quick let's uh let's do our week seven picks brandon are you ready let's go thursday night football baltimore is the favorite which is crazy baltimore is the favorite as they head into tampa bay on thursday night football on amazon who you got well being what i just talked about the ravens so (laughs) yeah yeah i I see them but i it's going to be a closer game than i think it's it's going to be so 
the uh, London Jaguars host the uh, Denver Broncos uh, 9.30 Eastern on a Sunday morning. Uh, we're both going the Jags here. I, you know, not I just, much we need to talk about there. Yeah, not much going on there. Bronco uh, country, you will not be riding. Yeah. No. Uh, Arizona visits Minnesota. We both have the Vikings there. Again, I don't think there's too much. Did Call of Duty come out yet? No, it comes out on Thursday. Um, okay. Well, yes, the, the story came out last Thursday, but the multiplayer comes out on this Thursday. But I'm going to – I picked the Vikings, but I'm just going to say this to you, Sam. In my in my heart of hearts, I think the Cardinals are going to win this game with D-Hop back and Robbie having a second week there. I honestly think the Cardinals are going to win, but I'm going with the Vikings because they are the better team, and I don't want to put anything on a Cliff Kingsbury offense or team. So, so yeah. you're going to change it? You nope. changing it? Nope, still staying with the Vikes. All right. In my heart of hearts, like, it's the cards. I think Robbie Anderson's a good fit to replace um hollywood brown there because robbie I, i'm a jets fan robbie anderson's really good at doing one thing and he will the burn go out yeah, yeah. 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 he's he's route. pretty good at that so uh we'll see uh gets acclimated there uh nuke looked pretty good last week uh chicago or no miami goes to detroit we both have uh the dolphins in this one yeah, I wanted to put Detroit in one of my losers because, you know, we put so much stock in them and faith in them, and they have not done not a damn thing. So my faith is starting to go out the window for Dan Campbell and his team. Passionate team, but they, they ain't got it. But, yes, both both for the, uh, for the Fins. Uh, yeah, Chicago heads to Dallas. We both have the Cowboys here. I went back and forth about this one. Okay, I, really? I gen- genuinely went back and forth about this one because uh, I do feel that – the Bears' defense is going to get at Dak. I think they're going to get at Dak and really test that thumb. Uh, but I think the Cowboys have too much defensively. Uh, and with Justin Fields not still still getting acclimated, I think they, they're they going to have the advantage there. So that's why I went with the boys is because of their defense. Las Vegas is favored uh, on the road headed into New Orleans. We both have the Raiders there. Yeah, we don't have to say anything else about that one. <laughs> Both have the Carolina Panthers heading into Atlanta, division rival there. We have had the same picks <laughs> so far. What is this, like eight matchups already? Uh, yep. But here's where we change. New England is favored on the road headed into uh, New York to play the Jets. You have the uh, you have my Jets and I have the Patriots because Weird. I will forever have P- – I was telling Jeremiah this this morning. I forever have PTSD with the – Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and I just I understand. I've seen I've seen way too much bad. I understand, and and especially with the injuries that you guys just had. But I really really like what's going on with that team. So uh, I'm, I'm going with your Jets. Definitely going with your Jets. Battle of uh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers head to your Philadelphia Eagles. We both have uh, you have I have Philadelphia. You have the Bird Gang. Yeah. Okay, I like five it. Five. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it's a Eagles coming off a bye week. Uh, this could be a trap game. Uh, Pittsburgh just won last week, and Tomlin is doing what Tomlin does and coaching these guys up. But uh, it's going to be a tougher game. But I still think the Eagles all around have too many ways to beat you. So, yeah, yeah, Very they've good. proven all you know all six wins. They've they've done it different ways mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Tennessee heads to Houston. We both have the Titans there. Here's where we differ again. The New York football giants head to uh, Gino's house. 
and play the Seahawks. I have the Giants in this one. I have, Seahawks are favored. I want the Giants. I, I, I feel the Giants will probably win, but I just feel like this is a trap game. And I think that the way that Seahawks have been playing uh, and Pete has been scheming up, I think this is, this is going to be a way tighter contest. Uh, and I'm, I'm going with the Hawks to inch this one out. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I it will, it will be close. I just picked New, New York because we were getting way too uh, similar here. But just like this one, San Francisco playing the Rams. Yeah, the Rams just suck this year, which is wild to say. Um, they just suck this year to me. Um, yeah, we both have the Niners here. Yeah, Niners for sure. I think CMC is going to have a big game in this one, honestly. Washington headed to uh, the Colts. You have the Colts. I have the uh, Commanders. Yeah, this is the game that nobody wants to watch, even their fan bases. Um, Yeah, Colts, uh, I think they still have more more things going better for them, which is not really saying too much. Uh, So that's the only reason I'm going with the Colts. And I, I will say I think these two are layups here. Sunday night football, Green Bay heads to Buffalo. We both have the Bills in that one. This is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he is a double-digit underdog. Yikes. That's wild to Yikes. think about, man. He's been in the league since a long for a long time. Yeah, they're about to get smacked. But see, these these are the type of games that when you think they're gonna get smacked, the Packers are gonna win by like a field goal. Yeah. Right? That's the these are the type of I hear you, games like that, right? So that's why I also feel about the next one, which is the Bengals against the Browns. It's the Battle of Ohio on Monday Night Football, and we both picked the Bengals, but I have a funny feeling that this game is going to be way close. A, it's a division rivalry, uh, but there's there's a lot of good pieces on both teams, and they're competitive, but, I mean, with the way that Bengals are catching fire as of late, I'm not going to bet against them right I've now. Always, I've always thought when you play division games, you just have to, no matter how good you are, you can expect to split, yep. you know, split every one of those matchups. Um even even if your team is as good as the Bengals or the Bills or anything like that. And yes, Great. I have I have the Bengals there too. Brings us to our next topic. Brandon's top ten power rankings through week seven. Brandon, let's go. Who you got number ten? Uh first and foremost, um Here we go. I, I I love the interactions that I'm getting. Some interactions from some bozos out there that are even friends. Uh, that are saying things that don't even make sense. Don't worry, I keep the receipts, and trust me, when I when I do keep the receipts, I will come back. I don't talk crap to y'all, but I will come back with that. But number ten, I have the Titans. Uh, they're four and two right now. I had them out uh, out to die here, uh, but they've turned it around. Even with Ryan uh, No Hill over here, uh, King of the Hill, Tannehill whatever the hell you want to call them, uh, but have them turning it around, and that's on the back of you-know-who. Uh, at number nine, the Ravens, uh, four and three. Uh, the Ravens still have a lot of talent, and I'm not going against Lamar Jackson. A uh, few games just did not fall their way at the end, and they could be uh, have a better record at this point in time. They could essentially be six and one right now. Uh, but the Bengals have allowed some games just to slip through their grasp. At number eight, same for the Bengals. They've started to turn it around. They're four and three as well. Uh, I do see, I do see these team, the Bengals, jumping up even higher next week. Um, and because I do see some of these other teams potentially losing. But as of right now, this is where I have them. Uh, your Jets 
at number seven, five and two. Woo! Uh, yeah, uh, did not see this happening, but I did tell Sam when they drafted uh, Mormon Manziel that they were going to ball the hell out at some point. And when you also got my guy, Joe Douglas, I also told you that you guys got a phenomenal GM and I had faith in your team. I know you have PTSD, but I've, I've told you this and I stick by my guns that I told you the jets are going to eventually be a good team. And it's starting to play out that way. Um, number six, the Vikings, uh, the only team they lost to is my boys, the Eagles, uh, but they've been five, five and one. Yes, they've lost. Uh, they almost lost some close games. But again, at the end of the day, if there's a W in the column, that's all that matters. Um, this is not college ranking uh, where, you know, if you play down to your competition, you drop down. A W is a W for me, and that's how I continue to rank it going from there. Um, the New York football giants at number five, at six and one, uh, they have shocked a lot of people uh, being in New York and knowing the giant fan base, giants fans will say that they saw this coming, but that's a crock of shit. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, didn't really know what this was going to be, but seeing what they are like and, and, and adding this and having the jets and the giants and the bills, New York is on fire right now with football. Uh, so love seeing that number four, uh, the Cowboys five and two. Uh, they are five and two and they're impressive with the fact that they did that with the backup quarterback after week one uh, and they stayed afloat. Uh, they played a competitive game against the Eagles six and oh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and they, they won this week playing the lions, uh, with Dak back, uh, being able to spin it. So like I said before, they're playing the bears this week. I think that defense is going to get at them. So I, I really want to see what Dak looks like two weeks in uh, and how that thumb really, really feels. But the Cowboys have stayed afloat and done even better than we thought they were going to do uh, with their backup quarterback. So that's why they have four, three, the Chiefs, five and two. The Chiefs are still doing what Chiefs do. Um, they are always going to be in the top. Losing a couple games is always nail biters kind of for them, except for the Colts game. Yeah, which that was a nail biter. I still can't believe they lost that game. I'm sure they can't still to this day. They should be six and one. Um, the The Bills. Number two, I, I always go back with back and forth with two and one. Um, I do with what the Bills have done in the experience of Josh Allen. I fight in my head of uh, putting them one uh, because I know what where Josh Allen has been in the games that he's been in uh, compared to a Jalen Hurts at this point in time. But the Bills are number two because they lost one game. Um, otherwise, they it would be extremely harder for me to to do this, but. Uh, I'm not going to go against the number one team that is six and zero at this point in time. The team that has been undefeated against every team that they played. Yes, they have arguably the easiest schedule moving forward. Uh, that's not their fault. They just had to play that, but that doesn't mean they can't lose games. So they still have the Packers. They still have the Giants two times, and they still have uh, the Commanders in division and the Cowboys one more time. So that is possible to see what happens. But uh, the Eagles have shown that they can win in multiple ways. So that is the top ten for me this week. I like it. Thank Into you. It. Yeah. Great job. Good Brought to you NBA. by Sloop Brewing. Thanks, yeah. Sloop, yeah. for the yeah. brews. Yeah. NBA, uh, NBA. Let's head to the, the NBA. This marathon podcast continues. We did talk about the NBA. It's been in full swing for about a week or so, but just hitting some highlights here. Hey, guess what? The Lakers are who we thought they are. 0-3 <laughs> start. Russ looks even more lost 
than ever. Yeah. Uh, real quick, what do you, uh, if you're the Lakers GM, Rob Palenka, what do you, uh, what do you do? Well, the Lakers GM is LeBron James. Um, Fair. So, so there's that. And uh, what is LeBron telling Genie to do? Well, they need shooters because they are shooting terribly. Uh, I remember at one point in time they said that. Uh, Anthony Davis, a.k.a. Plain Clothes, a.k.a. Mr. Glass, uh, was going to be the guy that ran the Lakers and LeBron was going to be playing off of him. It's pretty funny that LeBron's been playing more than him and everybody's still feeding off LeBron in his 20th year. Uh, so, yeah, 20 years. He's been in the league. Wild to say that. Um, Russ needs to be off the team. He needs to change the scenery. Uh, he's he's not the guy. If you're not a, a guard, if you're a guard in this league at this point in time that can't really shoot, uh, it's going to be hard for you to find your place. And Russ, the Lakers also need to allow Russ to do what Russ does. Um, if he's not doing the things that he's great at, and they're asking him to do the things that he's not good at, so you're putting him in a predicament to fail. So it's it's a twofold in that situation. It's the Lakers' fault and it's Russ's. Uh, but if they can work it out, they can work it out eventually because that would be a great piece to have, uh, especially because he's unmatched when he's driving to the rack. So Lakers have a lot to worry about, especially being 0-3 and their crosstown rivals, getting Kawhi back and getting John Wall in the offseason. So... Good luck, Lakers fans. Uh, you're in for a long season. Um, also, my Nets fans, my fellow Nets fans, we're in for a, uh, what seems right now to be a long season. We we at least have one win. Uh, they're one and two. They lost last night to John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. These are the those are the type of games I'm wanting to see how they compete. Uh, the big names in there did step up, but the one thing that was blaring blaring obvious to me was Ben Simmons when he had the ball. The Grizz basically just left him alone when he had the ball in his hand because they knew he was going to set a screen, pass the ball off, wasn't being aggressive, wasn't driving to the rack to shoot the ball. So he needs to do that more. He did it like a couple times, missed one, uh, shot like a buzzer beater, missed it. Uh, but then he also drove to the rack at one time after off of a pick and scored and it's like they need you to do that because you don't shoot the ball but you need to drive to the rack and do this also he's he was away from the game for 400 something days so i know he's still getting up to speed and it's only three games in you're going to see a different person but i asked the question to myself i'll ask it to you before we move on to the next thing i feel steve nash has not been the person for them i think uh Ibe Adoku is the guy for the Nets going forward because I don't think that the Celtics are going to move forward with him. And he has the opportunity, and they gave him the opportunity to go and find another job. If I'm Kyrie, if I'm KD, if I'm anybody on that team, I'm saying, hey, we need to go get a coach that can coach us. Because guess what? At this point in time, they are terrible with – they're the worst offensive uh, defensive rebounding team, period, in the NBA right now statistically. Um, and they still, their, their plays are horrendous. I can read right through them. So I know professional players that are playing against it can read right through it and they pay, play terrible defense when it comes to the perimeter. So do you think it's time for Nash to go? Or do you think that he'll make it to the end of the season? What is your thoughts? Dude, I, I have so much trouble. I feel like it's just an overreaction. I mean, you've played three games, right? And like, I know it has been a great three games, but there's just, you know, it's a long season. I just, I, I don't know. Clearly the same problems that plague this team going into the playoffs and then their very quick exit have 
snowballed and, and clearly we covered all of it in the off season, but I just, you know, I don't think anything is going to change until Steve Nash isn't the coach of this team. But I, I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. I, I think it's too soon to make a move or even think about making a move. Um, and regardless of who's the coach, you still have, you know, the, some of the most prolific scores in this league, right? KD, Kyrie, getting Joe Harris back. I mean, Ben Simmons is just I, I saw at one point he had more fouls than points. So like he's fouled out twice in yeah. uh two of the three games so far. But so it's I, also it's yeah. early. It's really early in the season. It's but early, I, mean, I, I just haven't had faith in Steve Nash. I love Steve Nash as a player. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Uh but as a coach, I don't really really vibe with that I, idea. I have trouble with you know there I, I just feel like there were better candidates for this job. I and, agree. Uh, What's his name should have never been fired, but we've gone over Kenny Atkinson. This, yeah, yeah, Kenny Atkinson. We've just gone over this a million times at this yeah, point. But agreed, agreed. Um, Zion Williams is injured again. Um, has a hip contusion. It was a really crazy fall. You don't um, say. Contested. Uh, Stephen A. said something that I I heard him say, and I it's made me pay attention to it more. Is that Zion doesn't know how to land. Like he's just a big body that goes up in the air and then like he comes down really, really awkwardly. And I've watched like how he comes down and it doesn't look good. It's a lot of pressure on on the the knees and, and the the ankles. It is just not the way that you're supposed to be landing. So I'm hoping somebody works with that. But he goes up hard and big tree fall hard. So he he needs to not hit the ground like that. Obviously, it was a, a weird con- contest of the ball. But I, I hope he's all right because having Zion gone again, that's going to affect the league. And he just got an extension. Like he's he could help that team be a top four seed if he stays healthy and can stay on the court because they did well last year in the playoffs. But with him, they can be a top four seed easily. So, yeah, I know he looks better this uh, this season than he has in the past. But that just how his body projects is it's not. It's not a recipe for success in this league. And, you know, I know we've we've talked about it, too. Like, when he had those injuries a couple of years ago, I think this was even, like, before the pandemic. They were, like, they had to, like, teach him how to properly run again. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's wild. And he's always walked, it's, it's like, with, like, a hitch, which, you know, whatever. Um, it's just, I just don't think his body is, like, projectable in this league and there's a lot about his game that it would worry me as a uh, general manager mm-hmm. um but at the same time he you know when he is he's right and he's driving the lane get get the hell out of the way <laughs> yeah i'm not standing in his way that's just that guy that's gonna bulldoze you no matter what um right now you can say out of these two people's way as well uh it's job morant and Luka Doncic, uh, they're both right now, in my opinion, are running away with this MVP race. Uh, ja showed out last night against the Nets. Uh, Luka has been balling. I, I mean, they beat the Grizzlies the other day. At one point, they were up, I think, uh, by 40, 40-something points, if I remember by in the quarter. Uh, they look absolutely wild, uh, but they're both playing at high MVP level, and I keep keep trying to remind people is Luca is young as hell, but was playing professional basketball 
overseas before he came here. So he's been playing professional basketball for longer than a lot of these young players in the league right now. So his experience is different. He was 17 playing with a bunch of grown men. Um, th this is this is going to be a very interesting year to me because there's a lot of people that are back healthy, uh, people that have changed places. Uh, it, it's I'm super, super, super happy. And we'll get into more in another episode. Uh, but for the sake of time and not to uh, kill you guys here with this, we're going to move to Sam's favorite segment, which is what, Sam? You don't like this segment? I think it's your favorite segment because you don't have to do anything. I just do all the talking. Just UFC. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about do you care? No, no. Oh, yeah. This is where I put my microphone on. Yeah, for exactly. <laughs> I'll make this really, really quick. Yeah, I'll get uh, UFC Corner brought to you by uh, Hayes. Hayes <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the sponsor for this. Um, real quick, super, super, super dope card. The top three mains uh, are top three fights were phenomenal uh peter yan and sean o'malley uh were going for the bantamweight uh, peter yan was the number one contender sean o'malley was number seven a lot of people saying sugar sean should not get uh, a shot at this uh but he ended up winning in a decision which is a very controversial decision if you've watched due to peter yan's takedowns but Sometimes the the refs go or the officials go by the most damage done or most impactful damage, and Sean cut him open with a huge knee to the face. Um, the co-main event was Aljamain Sterling, who was the champ, fighting uh, TJ Dillashaw. Uh, TJ Dillashaw used to run that division for a while. Aljamain is the champ. Aljamain absolutely destroyed him, and at the end of the fight, TJ said that he apologized to the whole division, that he held it up. Uh, due to his shoulder injury, which was aggravated during training camp and happened apparently before the fight, he told the ref that it was going to come out. He was like, but just don't stop it. Just let me continue to fight, which is very, very interesting to hear. Um, the main event was for the championship. Last time, Charles Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, Oliveira fought, uh, he was... He couldn't fight for his belt. He had to forfeit it because he didn't make weight. Uh, he was fighting Islam, who was the cousin of Khabib. Uh, and Islam choked Charles de Bronx out. Uh, and it was absolutely wild to see that happen. I was in a second round submission. Uh, Islam is going to be extremely, extremely hard to beat. He's 23 and 1. Um, and I'm curious to see who he's going to fight next. And that was a quick rundown of the ufc corner i hope sam enjoyed that he got a little breather he did a little exercise while i was doing that uh, but now we're back to it uh sam it is now our your favorite segment now for real yeah i took the dog for a walk and got a sandwich <laughs> I'm, I'm good hey uh do you care here's two topics that i don't even think we've brought up on this podcast before but i guess we'll we'll start first a uh, russian judge russian court i'm not even sure uh, all the uh details as the story's progressed but has denied appeal on Brittany griner the former wnba and baylor star on her nine-year uh sentence as she is uh imprisoned overseas um and was just uh denied her appeal so it looks like uh, unless there's some intervention there, um, she's gonna gonna be over there for a while. 
Hayes, I, I, it's, it's rude to even ask the question, do you care? But I think this is the, the part of, you know, the program that we get this story in here and we talk about it. Obviously we both care uh, for a, a lot of reasons, but I, I know this is something that you're very, uh, you have a lot to say about. So I will just give you the mic. Yeah, it's a it's a real shitty situation, uh, to be honest. Um, it, it's there's a lot of things going against uh, Brittany in this situation. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, this is an NBA player. Uh, they would have went and did this and did that. It's like, yes, but you also have to realize who is being uh, dealt with in this situation, which is Vladimir Putin, who absolutely hates the United States. Um, and he also is, as you know, is friends with the former president, uh, Donald Trump. And well, we're not getting into politics, politics, but that's what it was. And then now with, with Biden and also the midterms coming up, uh, I know the, the, the talk is that he doesn't want to give him any talking points or any success as he goes into the midterms. Uh, and, and as the, the votes come around when it comes to the Senate and, and Congress and so on and so forth. Um, also, what Brittany Griner has going against her is that she's a part of the LGBTQ community, and that is super frowned upon out there. Um, also, uh, the amount that she had was basically nothing but uh, super strict. They were not allowing her to do uh, the time that she had. They were giving her like a day and a half for going through trial and stuff like that. But time served, they are not giving her that. So she has to do uh, eight years um, from this point going forward. Uh, but a lot of people believe that uh, the U.S. is still trying to bargain as they've already offered a, a prisoner in the past, and that was never got a response back. Uh, so a lot of people feel that after the midterms uh, that this will more will be offered up, maybe another two more prisoners uh, from that point uh, to try to get Brittany Griner home. Uh, but if that doesn't work, Brittany Griner is going to be there for a long, long eight years. Uh, so wishing her nothing but the best and her family the best at this point in time it's a it's a really really trashy situation scummy situation um i just tell people if you just go if you're going to places that you know they don't really like <laughs> like us uh as americans or just in general you don't know the rules it's it, think about it if it's worth it if you have to even ask yourself a question if it's worth it don't do it i don't care if it's a little bit to a lot just stay away from it so you can get home safely to your family. That is yeah, just my only it's, suggestion. It's, un, it's just unfortunate that this has turned into, excuse me, just been a political, uh, she's essentially a political pawn, and that's just how this, this story has been. And, um, you know, it just a, a minor infraction. But at the same point, you can, you know, there's, um, I know there's been recent legislation around, you know, in the, this country that's made, these offenses not um you know not harsh offense offenses anymore but um that's certainly not true across the world but uh, certainly just unfortunately it's a uh she's a pawn at this point and um i hope that uh you know there can be some intervention here and we can uh, certainly get her home and um yeah yeah for sure absolutely care again i think it's rude to even ask that question but um here we are so here's something i know we both have some opinions on uh and something that i know hasn't been talked about enough in not only sports media but the national media 
And uh, we're at fault here too, because we haven't even brought it up and we have our own podcast where we decide what to talk about, but enough's enough. And uh, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, former governor Phil Bryant of Mississippi, helped Brett Favre secure welfare funding for uh, University of Southern Mississippi Volleyball Stadium. Um, and there's a lot of investigation and, and whatnot going into that. And the situation is just getting like really interesting and uh, just a, not a good look um, for all the parties involved here. But Hayes, you shed a little more light on the situation. I know you've been following it a lot closer than than I have. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, to hell with Brett Favre. Um, you are the scummies of scummy, um, especially in this situation that uh, this is what has happened. And to the point he's he's now trying to flip it and say that it was the media and trying to run with this rhetoric that the media was at fault for this. Uh, the media didn't have you do this. The former government literally said that you helped secure the welfare funding uh, for your daughter's volleyball uh, stadium for the team that she was playing for to get the funding. And you were taking it from welfare funds from the nation's poorest residents. Let me repeat that. You were taking welfare funds that were intended for the nation's, nation's poorest residents. You, sir, are a scumbag. What happened to all that money you made as an NFL player? You didn't invest properly. You didn't do this. But the part that's really driving me absolutely crazy, Sam, is I'm not saying Michael Vick wasn't wrong for what he did with the dogfighting thing. But that was all you heard on every single TV beyond ESPN or any sports network. It was on every news uh, uh, cast every day talking about Michael Vick and what was going on. But yet we talked about Brett Favre barely. I've heard them talking about it on ESPN. I've heard them talking about it on Fox Sports, but not nearly enough as what they've talked about when it's come to any other players and particularly players of color. Because anytime that has happens, it is scrutinized beyond. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. That was literally the talk the whole offseason from when it happened. Nonstop talking about it. Again, not giving them a pass, but it seems to be a divide or different when it comes to people that look like Brett Favre and when they do something wrong. Ben Roethlisberger had some very rapey type cases going on against him. They didn't plaster that everywhere. Talked about it for a little bit and let it go. I remember that very, very clearly. It's one of the reasons why I never could stand him. And here is Brett Favre taking money from poor people, a guy that made multi-millions to benefit a new volleyball stadium for his daughter and his daughter's team. And we're not talking about it enough. And Brett has the gall, even though there's text revealed showing the conversations that he has, Brett has the gall to say that media, it's the media's fault that this is happening. Brett, nobody had you take and secure these funds to go to USM for a volleyball stadium. You, sir, can go to hell. Uh, yeah, dude, well said, I, I totally agree. I don't know what the answer is regarding Michael Vick and and all and Brett Favre and you know um but that story was definitely all over the place and you don't hear Brett Favre's name nope. at all so I, nope. I, something's fishy there but yeah that definitely uh definitely a really a shitty situation especially for um 
Yeah, you're right. Mississippi is probably the, you know, it's not a lot going on there. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, they're, they're hard times, especially now uh, in, in areas down there. And, you know, has been for quite some time. And I know this, I mean, Brett Favre's not the only person that got yep. away with, with stuff like this. It's just he got caught. And uh, all the people that are also involved, by the way, I don't know all their names. They're all scumbags, too. And it's five, at least $5 million, Sam. Yeah. At least $5 million were taken from that fund that could help other people instead of worrying about a volleyball stadium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, no, man. I, yep. 2022. What a, what a year to be in. A lot what a time to be alive, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, on that note, that's episode 73 of the Chasing Points podcast. Thank you so much for listening. However you listen, thank you uh, for coming back to us. Uh, and for Brandon, my name is Sam. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Until then, peace. Go Phillies. It is basic season. All the pumpkin flavors are everywhere. Now, I know some pumpkin products are phenomenal. I mean, I also love this season because, you know, you can get some good apple pies, some some cobblers, some apple cider donuts, which is my go-to. Get some warm cider to go with it. But I'm going to need all you brands to stop putting pumpkin on everything. <laughs> okay, I'm just waiting for there to be pumpkin toothpaste because at this point, that's where we're going. Pumpkin mouthwash, pumpkin toothpaste, pumpkin toilet paper, pumpkin paper towels. I mean, when will this stop? I, I it's, it's come to the point that I understand that pumpkin is good, but it ain't that damn good, okay? It ain't that damn good. And I need you guys to calm it down. That's all I have to say to you.